share with you from um, Romans again, Romans chapter 10. And you, you'll notice the, the symmetry between Romans 9, 10, and then soon 11. You're going to find how that's really a package. <clears throat> and Paul really, I would say, unbeknownst to him, he was... <laughs> He was training us, teaching us in this epistle. This shows you the, the longevity of the Word of God, how it lives forever and ever, and it is always relevant in that Paul was showing the Roman Christians how to live out this amazing life that has been given to them, he, uh, how to live it out in the midst of, of paganism and even prosperity. They were living out this Christian life. Sometimes prosperity can be a greater enemy to our maturation in Christ than poverty. Yeah. I want you to hear that. That. And sometimes when you're doing really well is when you start to do poorly because we sometimes, as I heard an old country preacher say once that it's like being a, a pig or a hog under an acorn tree eating. In those, I think in those days, the farmers would sometimes let the animals out and they would eat uh, the, the, the food that grew by itself and they wouldn't have to sort of spend money feeding the animals and they would eat the acorns under the oak trees and they would get fat you know those animals would and he said sometimes we're like that we are just eating our heads are down and and we're not looking up to see where the blessings come from and so i think that that we must do that as believers we must if we're going to grow properly we must do that so paul is saying some really wonderful things let me uh, share with you i'm going to start in romans uh, 10 verse 14 but i always have to go back and bring you up to speed so let's go to romans 10 11 10 11 romans 10 11 um it says, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him, on, on the Lord, will not be put to shame. Whoever believes on the Lord will not be put to shame. So you can be assured of that. You will not be put to shame. You will not be made ashamed. Uh, you will not, as it were, blush with shame. I don't have a problem with that, y'all blushing. One is said to be put to shame when they suffer repulse or, or someone who, whose, whose hope has deceived them. You know, you, you have this hope in God and then you get to the end of where God is, is, was supposed to have come through for you and as it, as it were, he's not there. And he is telling us that, that those who believe on him will never find that to be their case. Um, I, I, I've said to you multiple times how in my 20s, mid-20s, the Lord told me because I'd only seen poor churches. I've always seen, and I knew God was calling me into the ministry. And I'd only seen poor churches. And I, I saw Christians uh, selling uh, dinners and pies and chicken and everything uh, to raise money for the church. And, and I always thought, I don't say something negative about them in particular but it bothered me as a young boy and I said I don't want to live like that you know and I just thought this is not the way we should live as believers and as a young man when I knew I was called into the gospel ministry I said I don't want to do that I don't want to do that I want to drive that home I know I've told you about 50 times but I want to drive that home to you I said I don't want to do that I don't want to do that I, if I'm going to preach about this great God that you are this great God that you are 
then I don't want to beg. And I don't want to ask and ask and ask. And he said, that will never be your problem. Now, God spoke to me, that will never be your problem. Never be your problem. And, and, and as I've lived now in 50 years of, of preaching the gospel, 50 years of preaching the gospel, 37 years of pastoral ministry, not one time has it been a problem. Amen. Now, why do I fret? <laughs> why? Why? Because of the human condition. The human condition is always encroaching to try to make us ashamed. But he says, no, he says, you will not be put to shame. When you follow God, you will never be put to shame. Then he, verse 12, he says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. So I would like to say, don't look at somebody to your, your left or to your right and wonder why they are blessed and you are not. He says, the same God. The same Lord over all is rich to, to all who call upon him. So that's two alls there. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I've, um, I, I've, I know I've talked a lot about salvation. In, in, in this mix in Romans, I've, I've talked a lot about it. I'm not, quote unquote, stuck on defending my position here, but I've been asked by a number of people, how can you say what you say when there are verses in the Bible that seem to contradict it? I say, well, number one, I start out with Jesus and what Jesus said. And, when, and so if there are other authors or writers in the word of God that seem to quote unquote negate that or clarify what Jesus says to, to mean something that Jesus didn't say, I have to always find out what do they mean because they cannot correct Jesus. They cannot add to Jesus. They cannot say it more perfectly than Jesus. So I've got to find out what did they mean when they said that. And so I've, 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 I'm saying that it is my fervent view that the Lord is preparing us for something. Every one of us, he's preparing us, and I, I, I'm more explicit these days than I've been in the past, but he is preparing us to, as it were, have a great crescendo. You know, have you ever gone to an, uh, see an orchestra play, and, and, and then the conductor is doing whatever he or she's doing, and all of a sudden they, and the crescendo, and you hear the loud shout or the instruments all play together the same harmony. And I believe that's what God is doing for us uh, in this church, in this fellowship. And God is not only doing that here in this fellowship, God is doing that around the world. In everybody's life we touch, we are now beginning to say the same things. That's so mind-blowing to me. G give me a better expression later on. Okay, that's so mind-blowing to me that God, that we are beginning to say the same thing. One voice. Man, it looks like I'm not going to get to where I want to get today. Uh, I must tell you the vision that the Lord gave me a number of years ago when I was still a young pastor here, a very young pastor, still maybe, uh, you know, learning, learning what God wanted me to say. And, and some of you who have been with us a long time, you, you love me through some of my, my little, my mistakes and, and maybe my little, the times when I didn't get it quite uh, correct. But, but what God is doing, um, 
is, is so stupendous, so amazing. And I had a vision once. We were over at the shopping center. I had a vision uh, of... Um, of uh, the church around the world were saying the same things in all various in the, in the con various continents and, and nations, and we were all saying the same thing. And uh, the the powers that be became suspicious and were thinking that there was a giant conspiracy. They're the conspirators, you know, but you know because they're trying to wrest things from the hand of God and go their own way. But they were thinking that we were, and and then there was a person in this vision that said. I'll stop it. And I, and I felt in, in that day, and I feel today, that it is the, the mission of the Antichrist to quell our unity, to quell, to shut down, to stop our one voice. We speak one voice because we are animated by one spirit. We speak with one voice because of the life of the Holy Spirit within us. Yes, we will say the same things. Amen. We will think the same things. I know there are some who say, well, that'll never happen. That will happen. And it is happening right now. Sometimes people say things to me. I'm thinking, I know these people don't know me. They've never met me. And it's as though I took their words or they took mine. But the reality is we all took God's word. Yeah. Amen. That's it. That is breathed on by the Holy Spirit. We were not exactly speak, uh, quoting script, scripture verbatim, but we were saying the same things. It was amazing. It's amazing how God is doing. So Paul tells us, let me go back to this. Paul says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so that is a reality that God wants us to know, especially when we live in these uncertain times. Let's look at verse 14 of Romans 10, 14. And I love this at this aspect, and, and one of these days, I, I keep threatening this or promising it, that one of these days we'll come in, we'll, we'll put some lights up here, and we'll get some of our elders, and, and, and we'll all sit down, and we'll answer questions that, that you would like, biblical questions that you would like answered. Verse 14 says, how then shall they call upon him, Paul asks, in whom they have not believed? And Paul does this in a beautiful and marvelous way. He anticipates the questions that you're going to have. He anticipates them so well. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And, and what this did, this portends the word faith here. And then he says, and how shall they believe in whom, in him, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? So God calls uh, us to preach the gospel to save people, all right? So this is what is, we're doing, is preaching the gospel. Let's read that again. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? They can't. And how can they believe in him, in him of whom they have not heard? They can't. And how shall they hear without a preacher? They can't. I say that emphatically. They can't. You, you hear a lot of times people get a, a thimble of the Holy Spirit, a little thimble full of the Holy Spirit, and they, they say, well, I can feed myself. I can do this myself. I don't need. No, yes, you do. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, which is the manner of some. He says, and all the more. As you see that day approaching. So when you and I see, wait a minute, all these signs of the times are happening, you know, that day is approaching. So we need to make sure that we are found with the brothers and sisters assembled together in the, in the place we've designated as the house of God. That's what we're to do. Amen. And I want to be with you more and more. 
more and more. And I want to be with you, not in a carnal way, in the sense that, in the sense that I just want to be naturally with you, but I want to be one in the spirit with you. And I want to be there in case something happens. A number of, some time ago, somebody said, okay, uh, pastor, if anything should happen, it was uh, our security. So if anything happens, the first thing we want to do is get you down. I said, no, you didn't get it. No, I'm sorry. I can't do that. Can't do that. I can't live with myself. I'm going to be wherever you are. I'm going to be wherever the sheep are. I'm going to, that's why the shepherd, what are you doing? Running out because El Lobo is coming. You know? <laughs> you know? You know? No. I'm not going to run from El Lobo. El Lobo needs to run from me. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so I cannot do that. Why? Because, because God calls us to preach the gospel. My, my dear friend and mentor, uh, Pastor Earl Jackson, used to always talk about preaching and preaching and preaching. And I used to wonder, why are you talking about that so much? I would ask myself. I didn't doubt him. I, I wondered why. And why didn't he use the word teaching? God has both. But he wants the gospel preached. And then we teach those who have received the preached word. This is what he's saying. So Titus 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 says, Paul, a bondservant, I'm sorry, Titus, oh, she's got it up there. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Bondservant of God, he's, he is connected to God, he's never going to leave. That's what that means. That signifies, he's just, yes, he's a slave, he's a servant, but he, is, he has had, had the, his ear pierced, and as it were, I'm not promoting ear piercing necessarily. I'm not coming against it either, right? But, 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 but he is, uh, he, he is, uh, had it, he's his servant forever. He's his bond servant, his bond slave forever. He says, an, an apostle and sent one, and sent one of Jesus Christ according to the faith, uh, that is, of God's elect. And so it means there's a faith that God's elect has. And, and, and so I am doing these things according to the faith of God's elect coming down from that and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness. Wow, this is good. In hope of, in expectation, not in wishing, in expectation of eternal life which God who cannot lie, wow, this is why we preach the gospel, who God who cannot lie promised before time began. I love that. Now, when you see that word foreknew and before time began, that, that you want to rest your hope there. You want to take your hook and hang it on there and pull it down to where it can't come out. Because what God promised you, he promised me before time began, no hard times are going to be able to negate it. No hard times are going to be able to extricate us from what God promised us before time began. Hallelujah. So in hope, in expectation. And so when we preach, we're preaching like this because God has done something in us. I've thought all the things that I could be, I could have been perhaps. And, I, and sometimes when I see all the, uh, the television news and the prosecutors and the lawyers, and, and, I, and I, I always wanted to be one of those kinds of persons. But I thought, what, I would have shortchanged myself. Uh, nothing against them. Maybe that's their calling. But this was my calling. My calling was something that existed before time began. Yeah, before time began that I would preach the gospel in hope, in expectation of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, you need to circle that in your Bible, underline that in your Bible, or buy your Bible, whatever. He promised before time began, but has in due time. 
at the right time manifested his word. How? Say it loudly. Through preaching. I wish they wouldn't just preach to one. No. God manifests these things through preaching. And then he also, when we are preaching, we're not all so cool, calm, and collected. I like those kinds of speakers. I really do. But sometimes you ought to have some, someone or something in you that animates you more than your noggin here. Uh, but in due time, at the right time, manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. I love that. Well, and so you say, well, Pastor, do you really need a preacher? Let's go to Acts chapter 8, verses 29 and 30. Let's go to Acts 38, 29 30. Are you there? It says, then the Spirit said to Philip, Philip was Deacon Philip, uh, who had been... Um, down there at Samaria preaching the gospel and, and, and so forth. So the Spirit said to Philip, the Spirit of God talks to God's people. You may say, well, I don't know about that. It's because maybe you're not God's per people. But God's people know the Spirit talks. You know, he, he talks to us. And you say, well, he's never talked to me. Well, well, you just need to get quiet and listen. He says, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? Now, can you imagine? Here you are in the, on a desert road, your chariot. This is the Ethiopian eunuch. And uh, so he's riding down there. He, this guy is, in, is a very important man. He's probably got a little entourage with him and some soldiers with him. And he's in charge of Queen Candace's treasury. And he's riding down there and he's reading the, uh, the, the, the prophet Isaiah. And the Holy Spirit says, go near and take, overtake the chariot. So that's why you need to obey. O-B-E-Y. Obey. And, and so Philip run, runs up there. Can you imagine, strangely, what are you coming? You, are you coming to rob me? He run, run, ran up and he says, do you understand what you're reading? <laughs> says, wait, wait, what's wrong with you? You know, I mean, you know, we have one of those toods, right? So he says, and he said, how can I? Listen to what the guy said. He said, a very well-educated person, very important person. How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up, come up and sit with me. And of course, Philip explained to him that the prophet was talking about Jesus and, that, and uh, that Jesus was the one who had sacrificed himself. And this, pro uh, this prophet, now, I mean, this eunuch wants to be baptized. And he, has, he says, wait a minute, there's some, some water there. What hinders me from being baptized? He says, believe with all your heart. Believe and, and you can be baptized. And so when you baptize it, the being baptized was sort of like us saying the deal is sealed. It's like that. Yeah, and so that's what happened. So, so now let's go back. Let's look at verse 14 again. Uh, then we'll go to quickly to 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Faith is very important. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And we've, we've answered that no. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? They can't. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. How beautiful 
are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. John the Baptist had a, an amazing revelation. It's always blessed me to read John the Baptist's revelation. And by the way, don't ever be ashamed of Jesus Christ. But it always blessed me to read John's revelation. He says, I'm not even worthy to unloose his sandal strap. And one, one of the writers says, John probably says several things like that. It's like, I may use the same scripture, but not say the same thing every time. It doesn't mean there's a contradiction. And one says, I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. I used to think when I was a boy, I would love when I see Jesus to kiss his feet. But as I've grown in the Lord, I've said, I'm not worthy to put these lips on his feet. That's how important he is. And so the writer says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. I don't care if you, if you have what we call a foot and you've got about three or four inches beyond a foot, you have beautiful feet. Doesn't matter if you got stacked toes, beautiful feet when you preach the gospel. Doesn't matter if you have bunions all over, beautiful feet when you preach the gospel. How beautiful, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Verse 16 says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. <laughs> that's, that's a good retort. They've not always obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So our faith comes to us by hearing the word. The word of God, Bible says just, to Jeremiah, God says to Jeremiah, it's like a hammer. It keeps on until it breaks all the hard concrete cement up. So faith comes by hearing and then hearing by the word of God. So it's not just hearing what people say. It's not just opinions. It's not just good speak. It's the word of God. Then in verse 18, it says, but I say, have they not heard? He said, yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Psalm 19.4 says it like this. Psalm 19.4 says it like this. Their line has gone out throughout, through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them, he has set a tabernacle for the sun. And in Matthew 24, 14, I love this Matthew 24, 14 as well. It says, Jesus says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. So every time you give for us to go overseas and preach somewhere, you're, you are hurrying the end. You're hurrying at the end. Let me read a couple of few, um, few more scriptures in Colossians 1 verses 3 through 6. These are all of my support scriptures. These are all of my witnesses. So, uh, you know, if somebody just comes and tells you something, you know, uh, the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And so you want the word of God to be preached to you, not from somebody's feelings or opinions, but you want to get some biblical witnesses to come and corroborate their story. And if they don't have any bibli biblical witnesses, I don't care how smart it sounds, get rid of it. 
because the, there, there's so much deception in the world. There's so much. And I know I tell you about it all the time. I hope you don't go out and say, there he goes again. <laughs> you know, there he goes again, all that deception in the world. Yeah, because it's out for you. It's not for the de those who are already deceived. It's for the you. The deception comes to get you off, off your game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a son-in-law. Uh, son yeah, I do have a son-in-law. But I have a, a, a grandson who plays football, and his dad was telling him how to get the, 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 the guy on the opposing thing off. So when you, that guy comes, just hit his hips. Hit his hips. And so when the devil uh, does this to you, he's trying to hit your hips. He's trying to get you off your stride so that you don't walk straight and on the straight and narrow. So, so all of the deception and the lies, they're not for those folks that they may think the people through whom they're coming may think it's for them. But the devil knows it's for you. Hallelujah. Let me finish up. In Colossians 1, verses 3 through 6, it says, We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints, your faith, your love for all the saints, because of the hope, the expectation, which is laid up for you in heaven. Now listen, where is it laid up? In heaven. And it's laid up for you of which you heard before in the word of truth, of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. Listen to what God is doing. God, the Lord God is unveiling his word as I have never seen as I have never seen. He is unveiling his word. Why, does he, why is he unveiling his word? That you might read it, understand it, and run in it. Amen. Now, I'm coming, I'm coming around the bend. Verse 19. But I say, did Israel not know? First, Moses says, I will provoke you. This is what God says to Israel. So he says, but I say, did Israel not know? He says, first, Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But verse 20, but Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. This is God. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. Isn't that amazing? Those who were God seekers, quote unquote, didn't find him because they were doing their own thing as they were seeking. But those were our, us, our ancestors, our moms and dads and great grandmoms and grandmoms and whatever. They, they weren't looking and they found. But to Israel, he says, all day long, all day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. I've stretched out my hand. So it's not like God just threw them to the, kicked them to the curb. But he says, no, I was stretching out my hand to you. But you obviously wanted somebody else's hand. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Yeah, que triste. Can you imagine? Here, you guys, I want you guys to hear this. You're walking with your, your wife, and then you sort of maybe just do something like this, and you let go, and some guy walks up there and gives your wife's hand. No, don't even tell me. <laughs> don't, even tell. don't even tell me. I could feel it. I could feel it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, can you imagine? That's what happened to God. God stretching out his hand, and they're not taking his hand, but somebody, something that they never should have touched, they reached for it. False God. And so God caused us who weren't even looking to find. That's glorious. That's glorious. Amen. Okay. Let's walk, let's walk in this truth. And I'm going to come back in a minute. And perhaps there's somebody here who said, okay, Pastor, I've heard the word of God. And I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. I want to do that. And no matter where you are, whatever you do, wherever, wherever you're from, it doesn't matter your occupation, you need Jesus Christ. I'm unapologetic in saying that. Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to me and all these who are here. I'll be back, and I'm going to ask you to think about it, and we're going to come and give you an invitation to Jesus. Jesus.